When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of the Chungus Cast, um, season 3, that is. In this episode, my boy Andrew joins me, and we discuss the notorious trip we took to Weston, West Virginia, to explore the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum overnight. Um, You know, we're just now getting around to recording this episode. It's been about two and a half months since we took that trip. But if you go to our YouTube channel, The Chungus Cast, on YouTube, you will see the video we put out. It's about 45 minutes, and I recommend you watch that um, either before or after you listen to this episode. So, yeah. um, Enjoy. I don't really have much to add. We just basically detail our adventures. It's not a very humorous episode, but that's okay. I think it's like a really... Ghost hunting is kind of like an activity uh, we have taken up. Um, So it's cool to really see like the practical application of our sort of, you know, discussions that occur in this uh, podcast. So yeah, I'll catch you on the end of the show. Take a... Bye-bye. Welcome everybody to I think episode ten of season three of the Chungus Cast. Um, it's been a while, but we're back. Andrew is here, uh, reoccurring guest, as you all know him well. Um, so yeah, uh, we are going to talk today about an episode, or that should have been recorded long ago, but uh, we didn't yeah, man, get around. What happened to what happened I, to that? It's been like I got, two and I got and a half busy. Months. In in my defense, we put out a, a like a forty five minute video, which you can check out on the YouTube channel, which honestly will probably give you all a much better understanding of what happened than um, what you're about to hear. But you know, the two should be used together, I guess. It's um, a real but, multimedia experience. Yeah. So basically, back in February, right 
before uh right during when uh the russian invasion occurred i guess um andrew and me went down to west and west virginia which was like th- four hours three and a half hours i don't know from where we live um and we uh paid a hundred dollars each to spend the night touring the trans allegheny lunatic asylum which is actually a rebrand the the real building was called the weston state hospital um and yeah we just it, it's a known haunted location um lots of people have done ghost hunts there lots of people have caught paranormal activity there the uh, tour guides uh, were very helpful. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, we basically spent um, from dark, which was like eight thirty, or it was it was after dark, eight thirty p.m. to about five a.m. exploring this building and yeah, checking it out. It had four floors plus some some other areas um, that we were told we weren't we wouldn't be allowed to go into, but we ended up getting into them. Um, we'll talk about that too, but yeah, I guess we'll just go, we'll just tell you all about how, uh, our experience. Andrew, do you want to, is there anything that jumps out at you how, that well, you want to start off with? The first thing that jumps out to me is I, I guess I had forgotten how much it was. Was it really like 107? I feel like, it yeah, was, geez. it was, it, it was over a hundred. Yeah. But I think that's a good deal. I mean, we basically got to tour, a building for like nine plus hours yeah and it was huge too like the one other thing i'd point out it's something like 400 acres of land inside the building or, or i don't know if it was like, 400 acres but it was very big it, it is very big they probably advertise maybe four hundred thousand square feet but yeah plenty of room to walk around plenty of room to wander um, but we basically ended up, uh, we took off from Virginia around, I want to say three or four o'clock on Saturday afternoon, um, then kind of made our way through, uh, the beautiful rolling hills of Western Virginia and then West Virginia on the John Marshall highway. I think we had like a bet going at one point, like what's the over under going to be on the amount of Confederate flags we saw on the drive. And I think that if I recall correctly, it was set at like two and a half. Yeah. And there, that was easily reached. There easily was also exceeded. an FJB, fuck Joe Biden flag. Yeah, let's um, go Brandon flag. <laughs> so yeah, there, there was everything. Um, if you, if anybody's ever played the game uh, Twin Mirror, which I really don't think anybody has, it's not very popular. Um it's from like the Life is Strange uh, creators, but it that game takes place pretty much where West and West Virginia is, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and it's funny because so, like, so, yeah. I, I thought I knew West Virginia somewhat well, but I had never really heard of Weston before. Like I'd driven through Charleston. I guess I'm familiar with like kind of north and then by extension, northwest West Virginia. But then here was this town, maybe like an hour south of Clarksburg, which is going to be a point of reference that people are going to lose. But it's basically smack dab in the middle of the state was my impression. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think we should probably just go. There are so many like little things that I remember that are just make no like 
not really about the ghost hunt, but like just like the cultural experience. Oh, like yeah. for example, um, at one point during the ghost tour, the ghost or our tour guide was like, "Yeah, so when you guys are exploring on your own, um, there's gonna be a curfew alarm at 10 p.m. Don't worry about that. That's just for the kids." And I was like, so confused, what the hell he was talking yeah. about? Why is there a curfew in this small little town? And why do they ring an alarm for it? Like, why wouldn't people just know to be inside by X time? I don't, it made no sense to me. Right. It was almost like, I think he compared it to Silent Hill, like the video game. I guess there's like an alarm that goes off that indicates some some bad thing is going to happen. But that was kind of bizarre to me, too. Like, I don't know if it's... I, if it's an evangelical thing or if they had trouble with teenagers who were like sneaking out and like committing vandalism <laughs> or just driving around drunk in their pickup trucks or what. But yeah, that yeah. was, that was weird. Um, I mean, we, we, we got our pepperoni rolls on the, on the ride over, didn't we? Uh, yeah. So that was another thing I didn't know about pepperoni rolls. Um, and for those of you who aren't familiar, um, a pepperoni roll is essentially, uh, it's just like a dinner roll, but yeah, you take like, yeah, you take like a, like a, lo- like a small bread roll and you stuff it with lots of pepperonis. Um, it reminds me of like a snack that I would make for myself in college basically, but apparently West Virginia people eat them. Well, a I lot. mean, I don't know if there's some connection between like, what the miners would take in their little lunch pails down into the coal mines. And that translates in the year uh, 2022 to something you'd eat when you're really drunk or stoned at two in the morning. But like, it's very kind of utilitarian food, like not to, it's not the fanciest preparation, but it kind of hits this. I, I like them personally, just cause it hits this sort of nice, like, salty savory spot and then you have a little bit of the bread too uh but we got some of those on the ride over um they're they're also like uh, it's like the worst meat you could have like it just gave me instant gas uh gastric reflex (laughs) like just like the oils that they sit in was just so pungent i don't know yeah it's very like and the bread soaks soaks up uh, all of it underneath a heat lamp for for 12 hours it's you get that kind of vibe um i I, i'd what i would recommend is if everybody like googled a recipe for them like and tried to make them at home that would probably be better than whatever you're going to find at a random (laughs) circle k or whatever um, yeah in in clarksburg um so anyway we get there and it's we get to the hotel and it's like freezing. Like I think it might have been around twenty-five degrees that night, and it was during the winter, so it was basically dark. Oh, I forgot how how cold it was. Yeah. Well, however warmly I dressed, I did not dress warm enough. It was so cold. Like I had maybe a hooded Ooh, sweatshirt, me. and then sort of a lightweight North face jacket. That's pretty good at keeping in heat. But I was like, before we went in, I was like, we need to get, I need to get some gloves and a a hat because I'm not going to survive in this non air conditioned, non heated building for eight hours, like without 
my fingers turning blue. Like it was, it was that level of cold where I was getting a little concerned. Um, so then around, I want to say 745, we pull up to this building and this is something that's kind of lost in the audio, but you can look at the vlog. It's this very sort of 19th century, almost Victorian style building where there's this, I, I don't know enough about architecture to really describe it, but sort of like this central spire coming out of the middle and then it, like two long sort of. It's like very long. Uh, it's like, looks like a Gothic uh, hospital from like Victorian England. Right. Like that's it's the what type I of place it. where they would put like, tuberculosis victims it makes something. no sense why why it was in the middle of west virginia for example right so then it's like you have that juxtaposition with i i, I think uh, what people have come to assume for west virginia but the one thing i will say is i think the state has a lot of negative stereotypes but it was a pretty beautiful drive over there yeah it was cool um yeah. Uh, so I guess we should talk about like when we got there, we, we basically were funneled into the main meeting room, which is on the first floor. Um, and we were assigned into different tour guide groups. They told us what not to do. No drinking, no drugs. Um, what else? The one thing they said, they were like, we're not going to do the Zach Bagans thing. You're not allowed to provoke the spirits. I didn't know who that was, by the way. Like, they were just dropping all sorts of references that I guess people who do this sort of thing would would pick up on. But, Andrew, why don't you explain what Zach Bagans is? So, Zach Bagans is, like, the host of the... I'd say, at this point, since it's been around 15 or 20 years since the height of Ghost Hunters... Probably the most popular paranormal show on television, and that's Ghost Adventures. And you've probably seen an episode while you're just channel surfing where it's <laughs> this guy who's a little a little beefy and he's got these spiky black hair and he's typically wearing like either a black jacket or a black t-shirt and like these black cargo dickies. And they would just go to all these haunted places and I, what they were referring to when they said don't provoke the spirits is he has this tendency, especially in the earlier episodes, well, he'll be like, why don't you come up and get me or attack me? You know, if you're so mad, if they've been hearing that paranormal entities have been attacking people like on the premises of, of a supposedly haunted location and I honestly, that's one of those things that I think I would have liked to drill into a little more, like ask one of the, I don't think I ever asked one of the staff members, why do you have it a rule that we don't provoke the spirits? Probably because people were getting really annoying with it. If you remember the people in our tour guide group, imagine if they were as big Zach Bagan people, like how uncomfortable that would be for everybody else. I mean, it was in- uncomfortable enough already without yeah, them exactly. putting that rule in. And that's the same thing, oh, another rule. Um, they have this posted on their website. You're not allowed to bring in Ouija boards to the building. 
Yeah, Andrew's a big no Ouija board person for some reason. Um, don't really understand why he's cool with other forms of communication, but that's not allowed. It's, it's, it goes into. I I've been trying to really conceptualize where my thoughts on this lie, and I the more I really drill into it, and I think about Ouija, and I think about tarot, and I think about like remote viewing and all this astral projection and all that other stuff. I, the more I think about it, the more I see it as a potential conduit for what some people claim to be evil spirits. So even if your intent with an Ouija board is to just stick around with your friends, I think things like that have the potential to open a line of communication that people might not want to have opened. And you might be thinking, well, how is that different than going to this asylum? If the ghosts are already there, they're already there. But I'm not going to open up another portal to hell and say, hey, demons, you want to come hang out? Like, it's, it is superstitious, and I I am biased in this regard. I know people personally who have had really negative experiences with these. And I've read a lot of what I'll call out as conjecture on the internet about it too. But yeah, they, uh, they apparently take that somewhat seriously. Um, but it seems like it was rooted not in any real practical concern, but in the same sort of superstition that I hold. That was kind of my impression in talking to the tour guide about it. Um, so why don't we go into who was in, who was part of our tour group since, cause, uh, do you have anything to say about that? Cause I, I certainly do. I'm, I'm trying to think there was, it was such a weird amalgamation. There was, I want to say another younger woman and what appeared to be her boyfriend. There was a mother that appeared to be chaperoning her like 11 or 12 year old daughter. And then a couple of her friends, and then there was uh, another, <laughs> I almost feel bad about using the word couple because I think that's too generous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then there was uh, uh, a woman and a man who appeared to be, I, I want to say in their 30s, but it's kind of hard to tell with people who are, uh, I don't know, a little, a little I mean, out the of man, The man seemed to be at least like 40, I don't know. Yeah, the woman I I would have to guess would be at least thirty. The man could have been late thirties, forty, and they apparently had children. God help them. Yeah, um, and they. The one thing you all need to understand, if you take away nothing else from this podcast, is if you listen to Chungus Cast, sometimes you might think, "Wow, Andrew's really kind of out there in terms of some of his beliefs about spirits and UFOs." and esoteric topics these people let's just say their belief system went a little beyond even i don't even think it was considered my it was that like it was it was at the point where they were like they were like basically it was almost like a mental illness like you know how people have like i'm not a i can't diagnose them but 
it's almost like they either like were faking everything or they were so narcissistic that they believed they were like these mediums and that they were like able to do all this shit um just because they liked to ghost hunt um like we'll we'll talk to talk about some of the stuff they did but like um they at one point i heard them tell the tour guide they claim that they were both uh, or, or that the woman was a spiritual medium and she also claimed that her two children were uh, child mediums and the tour guide was just like, Oh, that's cool. But she was completely serious about it. She was like trying to get some sort of like affirmations from him. I think she gave him uh, oh, a business yeah. card afterwards. Instead, instead of tipping him at the very end, she just gave him her business card. Um, <laughs> it's like, Oh, here. Well, thanks for the tour. Here you go. If you ever, you know, if you ever need our services, basically, which is so funny because they are the farthest thing from gifted. Uh, I don't know. Well, that's the thing. If is, I wonder sometimes if Oops, the sorry. advent of the internet has allowed for people to find communities of some of these fringe beliefs and then almost complete this sort of confirmation bias process where they're like faking themselves out in a sense. Where they're, um, they, they were also... Where they like have a thought and they're like, oh, this means I'm psychic. And then they go to the internet and they're like, everybody is kind of egging them on. Like, yeah, you know, that's... Yeah, I mean, maybe. But if you go to like our ghosts... Every single thing that's posted in there is like immediately pooped on and like said like this is not real, this is fake and all that stuff. So I don't. Well, know I'm talking about like r slash psychic, like is one that oh. I've been following. Oh my god, I don't even want to know what that is. Or there's like, one where it's r slash remote viewing. Do you know what remote viewing is? No. <laughs> so remote viewing is basically like the claim that people can identify and view objects in places that are maybe not in the physical realm. They can be in the physical realm. It, it would be like, okay, I need you to remote view what's inside of area 51. And then someone would like write down some keywords or draw a diagram or something of what in their mind's eye is appearing to, to be at the location that's pointed out. And so one time I was like, I want to, kind of test the uh, the people on Reddit that claim they have this ability. <laughs> so I I had come back from my friend's beach house and I lost my keys. And I asked them, I was like, where are my keys? And they're like, um, I, I just like put a, a text post on Reddit. And they're like, uh, have you checked under the uh, the TV cabinet? <laughs> they, weren't on, they weren't under the TV cabinet. <laughs> they were. They were in the. They, they were in like the. Uh, not the module. Um, the console in in the car, and uh, so I think that's uh, kind of how I'm gonna. You know, like Houdini, and it's one thing people forget about him is he liked to, at the time where he was doing all his tricks, which were all somewhat practical he liked they were dealing with the spiritualist movement and he spent a lot of time like basically um 
unveiling and confirming that all these people who claim to be mediums were frauds. So that's kind of what we're uh, we're deconstructing in our own way in a 2022 sense here. Um, but I mean, do you want to kind of like just give a rundown of how the events of the evening unfolded? So do you remember anything from the second floor? I'm going to go in the order that we toured. Was that um, the anything? first floor we went on? Yeah, exactly. So, anything yeah. It, it's all kind of blurring together. Um, I do That know. one, we had the most... Oh, that was the one with the, the disembodied screams, I think. No, that was that was later. That was third floor, maybe. Yeah, okay. So on second floor, they had a couple, actually. We, it's Yeah, I think we were on the second floor first. And two things I remember from the second floor. I remember at one point they claimed there was... Oh, that was the child, the, the child right, there, ward section, I think. They claimed there was a child spirit, and there was this room in what had been a former uh, child's ward. And for context, this asylum was not only for mentally unstable people, but also sometimes like wayward children and orphans would end up in there and i that was just the state's way of dealing with them uh but in one of those wards there was a room that claimed to be habitated by the spirit of a young girl and there's all these um toys that people had left and that the asylum probably paid for as well just sitting around this room some creepier than others some were just normal like little plastic balls you find at walmart some were like creepier dolls but if you go on the vlog, there's there's probably like two or three minutes of footage of me just like bouncing a ball around and being like, could something happen? Do something. Do something. Yeah. Move that balloon. Um, there was another ward where they hosted male patients. And this is... This let me just preface this with saying this is not going to convince anybody in the in the belief of spirits um, that doesn't already believe. But do you remember when we went into the bathroom uh, where one of the patients had apparently stabbed one of the other ones? Sorry, my thing wasn't working. Yes, I do. So I didn't really feel anything in the bathroom. We tried to do. I pulled up my phone to do like a EVP session and EVP um, for those of you out there uh, who are not uh, familiar is what's called electronic voice phenomena. And that's where you try, it's the belief that there is the ability to capture spirit voices on an audio recording device because it's happening at frequencies lower than what can be detected by the human ear, but it's still in the range where an audio device can capture it. And I personally, I, I, I mean, I have a lot of strange beliefs, but I, I, I'm open to the possibility, I will say. So we did try and do that in, uh, in the bathroom. And I think GIF had some sort of walkie talkie device. Yep. To yes. radio. It was a one-way FM or two. Yeah, a one-way FM receiver, I guess. I don't know. Basically a walkie-talkie. So then we were wondering if they could, like, I don't know, use their spirit energy to transmit through the radio. And I just remember we just got a lot of static. 
But I will say, um, apparently, as I alluded to earlier, one of the patients had been stabbed in that bathroom and then essentially bled out to death. And if you'll recall, Gif, like there was one room in that bathroom where it had stalls and sinks. And then another that was sort of connected to the bathroom with urinals. And then there were two separate doors from the hallway um, to go into this bathroom, one into each of the respective rooms. And when I was standing like in the space in the hallway between those doors, like I really did feel like my knees were going to buckle. Mm-hmm. Like, Are you it, sure? Yes, I'm sure. Just... That was something that I did not notice at all throughout the night. And I was definitely more scared in other places. Mm. Interesting. When I was like by myself, for example, like that <laughs> was, that, that was like, well, this is not, I, I did not feel like I, I should keep standing in that spot. And it, <laughs> all the skeptics are going to be like, oh, a- Andrew's out there again, just uh, scrambling on. Well, I mean, like, theories. if you lock your knees for too long, you can, like, definitely, like, get dizzy and stuff. Yeah, but. Especially was... if you're cold in, like, a, a place and your heart is racing. And... But then I think I would have felt that at some other spot where we were standing around for a few minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I was yeah. in that. I feel like I only stood there for like a minute or two. It wasn't a particularly long length of time, but it was long enough for me to feel, be like, I feel kind of weird. And I never felt that for the rest of the night. Like it was only in that particular spot where I felt a little weird. Interesting. So then we go back. Essentially what they did was um, they would have us walk through each segment. Like, like I said earlier, there were kind of like two, I don't want to say sub buildings, but two different wings on each floor. And then what they would do essentially for each hour is they'd spend the first 15, 25 minutes walking us down the wing and like telling some stories. And then they sort of leave us to our own devices. Um, and so then at some point we leave the second the second floor and we come back to the middle and I just remember uh, I think that was like our first conversation with this couple and we were like oh did you guys yeah we didn't we we didn't know how weird they were yet basically no yeah they're just you know a couple other thrill seekers like whoever who cares Um, and they were like oh did you get any good evidence and we were like, well, no, not not particularly. And then they were like, oh, we got tons of stuff. And they had, that's when they, they got real Inspector Gadget on us. They had like uh, what they called the Boo Bear, which apparently is like a teddy bear that can detect changes in the temperature. And then because of whatever electronic device uh, is inside it, it'll like say if the temperature is increasing or decreasing, it'll be like, Oh, it feels cold in here, you know, in like a, a, a care bear voice or something. Um, and they're like, yeah, we got some good stuff on the boo bear. And then I think they had a spirit box too. 
but they were just like, you know, that that was kind of the moment where I was like, oh, these people are really, uh, really invested in this. I don't think I, it was only when we were in that one hallway in the hospital wing was when, like, I started to get a little frightened of their behavior almost. Do you remember? Wait, wait why? Do you remember when we went into that run one room or the one hallway where, I don't know if it was a hospital wing, but the doors looked different than they did in the rest of the building. Like they were heavier. Uh-huh. I feel like it was on the west side of the building. And at one point, the guide was like, all right, well, we've had a lot of activity in this area. Uh, is this the dock story? Yeah, no, this is this is the dock story. Yeah, this is funny. <laughs> um, And so I, I don't remember much about this particular entity named Doc, but I do recall... Um, our tour, our tour guide was trying to summon him with Knox, and he we went down this hallway, and he's like, "Okay, everybody, turn your lights out." And he would just like bang on the door, "Hey, Doc!" And then he would he did that a couple of times, and we're you know standing in pitch darkness with only like the monitor on their camera being the only light, and in the entire wing and at some point in this process that's what I, I i mean just the fact that we i think that was the first time we were in the darkness so like i got a little heebie-jeebie about that whole situation but then they started to have this whole side conversation about um the woman was talking to the man like somebody wants to talk right they, now they were trying to basically sound quiet enough that they that they wanted you to think they didn't want you to hear them but exactly. loud enough so that you did definitely hear them and they were like she was like I want to I, I can channel him I can channel him and her husband was like my wife channel, wants to channel channel him, channel him honey and she's like no people don't believe in it people don't believe in it and he was just like uh, my wife like it was just so cringe and I got so uncomfortable it totally ruined like any sort of experience we had trying to listen for Doc, um, right? And it was then honestly he would, like, the ask fucking the tour worst. Guide, like my wife wants to channel, as in like she wanted to, wants to make belief, up, wants make up to some shit, convince us that there's a patient or a spirit in the hospital that is using her as um, a means of communicating to the physical realm about I don't know whatever whatever the spirits had to complain about. Uh, but then that, that was when I was like, Oh, these people are a little, uh, I, I, like I said, like, I, I, I'm, if mediums are a, a ability that people actually are able to, uh, that is bestowed on people, there's no way that we could just walk into a random ghost hunt and then there's somebody in there. Like that just gave me the impression like, okay, you're 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 watching a little bit too much television and you just want to feel special. Um 
but yeah, that was that. I think that from that moment on, we both of us were kind of on the same page. Like, uh, you guys, you, you just hear that, you know, like. And then, yeah, that was so so cringe. I wanted nothing to do with them after that. Yeah, I think we tried to keep as much of a distance as we could after that. Um, but then the next. So then I think there was like another, we hung out in that ward for a while. We were down at the end of the hallway. I remember we come back for, you know, the small intermission before we went to the next place. And I think that next hallway was when we heard that disembodied scream. Um, I thought it was, yeah, the third floor on the right side. Yeah. Third floor on the right side. Um, And we were just, we were just standing there um, while the tour guide was telling a story, and I don't think even he heard the scream. But I will say that the moment it happened, it sounded like it was behind us, probably on the west wing of the building. The moment that happened, uh, the uh, the girl who was there with her boyfriend, the the woman who was probably about our age, like she whipped her head around. <laughs> she was like, "Whoa, what was that?" Um, so it wasn't just like you know a squeak. Um, that I, I think that is probably the the creepiest thing that happened to us there. As I've thought, yeah. thought about the fourth floor a little more, and we'll get into that in a second. Like that was audible. I think all three of us could agree that that. I mean, it happened a second time, and the um, tour guide like was like, "Oh, I wonder if they're doing something on another floor." Basically. Right. Like a different group. But why would they be screaming? You know, like there was no point in that where that was just something that the, we were advised to do as a group as they were leading us through the building. Um, and I think that, but at the same time, I will say that there were probably five or six of these groups of at least eight or nine people that were wandering around this building. And no matter how big the building was, there was always the chance that, and they probably tried to keep this to a minimum, there was always the chance that what you considered to be a disembodied noise could be noise that another group was making on another floor. So any sort of like bang or knock, you sort of had to like tune out or any sort of voice you just had to assume it was someone down the hallway but that was that was weird that was trippy um on the third floor is also where he did his little like show with his doweling rods which was the first indication to me that he was kind of like faking shit dousing rods whatever (laughs) um he basically called us into a room he's like i don't make this part of the tour but if you want to come here you can follow me then you made this whole show about this ghost answering questions by moving the dousing rods either together or apart um and then like i was i was a tiny bit convinced but then at the very end he like had he was like oh touch tips um and he like like he made the dousing rods like do like a flip and it was clearly like him doing it and i was like yeah i don't this is fake um 
I will say though, I have held some other dowsing rods. I'm not hands. saying the practice itself is fake. I'm just saying whatever he showed us. Oh that no, that was definitely a little bit of a spectacle. Was, like was totally and staged. And he kind of admitted that to us later. Yeah, he did admit admit it to us personally. Um, and then when after that we went to the fourth floor, and that was the right after that, or um, that was also fake the first thing he showed us on the fourth floor he basically took us to this long dark hallway where there's like no lights totally pitch black except for a small probably dinner plate sized window on the fall and the far end of the hall and it's probably about a quarter mile down the hall right and he just said start looking at that window and don't stop what did he do before that gif do you remember no how he told this whole story where he described an entity called the creeper Oh, like I, well, I was gonna of, get. I was gonna get to that later after this. Well, the thing is, I think it's important to bring it up now because it was. I, I this trick. I, I think it plays a lot on people's imagination. So I don't think we would have seen anything in this window if we weren't looking for it. So basically, what he said was, "Yeah, so we've seen something on this floor. We like to label the creeper." And essentially what it appears to be is a being that crawls around on all fours. And um, when Nick Groff was here, and remember Zach Bagans, Nick Groff was one of the guys who was originally on Ghost Adventures. Um, He did an investigation for another TV show. I think it was probably Paranormal Lockdown. And apparently at that spot they caught what appeared to be like a black mass moving across the ceiling around where we were standing. But then he was like, if you look to the end of this hallway, I want, okay, lights out. I want you all to look to the end of this hallway. And I want you to look at the bottom right side of this window and he was like trying to convince us that somebody was basically nodding his head or something like very slightly onto the window and then back. But basically what it was doing is like tricking your eyes because the light was so low to like sort of like see shadows moving because the, there's almost no light and your eyes are basically trying to dilate in and out and they're just seeing like flickers. There is no freaking... He even he even told us how, uh, like how to stand. Yeah, he's like, like okay, properly see it. <laughs> stand uh, perpendicular. It was like perpendicular to the window, so like you'd be standing like with your head slightly crooked over your right shoulder, look like yeah. looking down the hallway. Yeah. Oh, also, um, then after that, he like he we like heard something rustle down the hallway and normally like if it was like a real paranormal thing you would expect him to just be like oh my god do you guys hear that everybody shut up and like instead of doing that he like basically walked down there with a flashlight and pointed it up into the vents and like found some raccoons that were like nesting in there (laughs) um and like he like was so nonchalant about it. Like you could just, he, he didn't know they were there either. He, you could just tell like he knew like, Oh, this is not where they're supposed to get freaked out or whatever. So this must not be real. Um, and so, yeah, that, that part, I kind of was like, come on. Um, but then we went to the other side of the hall, the, uh, of that, uh, floor 
And basically he had to sit down in the dark and oh there were like okay there were various points throughout the night where like we had to walk through like these dark corridors and this the the couple that is like on the spectrum was like the woman was like oh i'm this great paranormal investigator and i'm like a medium but like i'm too afraid to walk down this hallway in the dark and she kept going like i'm scared i'm scared it was like the most pitiful thing i've ever heard yeah Um, and it's kind of like why what do you think you signed up for and this no. guy wouldn't this guy wouldn't turn his uh like infrared camera light off when we were in this hallway so it like totally ruined the whole experience it was just just really pissed me off um and you could tell the tour guy was getting mad so after like he let us explore we went into like the very farthest um back room in the corner and just stood there and he walked in there and started talking with us and that's where he like kind of told us all all these secrets, all the things he's seen. He gave us a rundown of the owners um, and his issues with them. He like showed us a bunch of pictures he had taken when he was ghost hunting. A couple of them, I don't really believe the others were convincing, but he took a picture. Like he showed us this one picture, this one lady took where it literally looked like somebody was basically like pretending to be the, the, this uh, one guy who basically got murdered in the hospital by these two other guys, it looked like they had like basically staged the photo and he was trying to explain to us how like it couldn't have been staged because like the outfits they were wearing and like all this other stuff. But I'm like, that doesn't really make sense why it couldn't still be staged. Um, well, it was the- super, it was super clear. It wasn't, it didn't look like a ghost at all. It looked like, like people dressed up and they took a picture of them running by. It was super like super blurry. It, yeah, it was blurry because they were running by and his excuse was like, if they were going to stage it, they would make it look more real. And like, no, <laughs> oh yeah, would, I forgot. They would make it look like it was like caught I at a glance. Said that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, although I will say that when he was saying that they were a ab- exploring that abandoned house, that one picture looked a lot like a little girl. Oh yeah, the abandoned house one I bought into. That's like he showed us the picture that like made him become like super into paranormal shit. Um, but honestly, I feel like a lot of those guys were just like growing up in small town West Virginia. They had nothing better to do than just fucking hang out in abandoned buildings every day. So I mean, it's either that or drugs. So I mean, yeah. I guess it's like a more positive uh, <laughs> use of your time, but. Um... So then this is where the part of the night where I think me and Gifford's accounts start to vary a little bit. Oh, interesting. Um, Which is kind of what I was afraid of. I was kind of afraid that we would go and have these experiences and then. I mean, I'm I'm glad I did it. I just, there's just nothing that really stood out to me. Right. Disembodied scream. Like I kind of can see how that was real, but there's just a nod enough there for me to be like, okay, I'm convinced now. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I was worried that, like, <laughs> we would go. And then I feel like so far in this, I mean, this honestly, recap, we've had, like, the same sort of opinion about a lot of yeah. these. But I think the one place we differ is, like, after we're just shooting the shit with the guy, the tour guide in the back of this. Oh, hallway. no, dude, that was fake as hell. Come on. <laughs> oh, actually, no, you're right. I did see a shadow. I did see a shadow go by. And that's what made us go out into the hallway. Right. So we were like just talking and we, I, I saw a corner of my eye, something walk across the door frame. And I was like, 
okay, let's go out. And he had given us this crazy story about how he had gone gone up into this um like the same place and seen like like shadow people everywhere. He had gone up and seen this one guy. I don't know what he called the guy, but he came out of like the door and like touched him on the hand and said some stuff to him. He had gone up there and seen this giant black orb. Um, all this crazy different stories like it, that. If I had seen one of them, I would like never go into an abandoned building again. And he had seen like several. Um, but yeah, we, we were just sitting there talking and then I did see, I was the one who initiated. I'm like, do you guys just see that? Uh, and then we walked out into the hallway and we were looking for anything. And then there was this one light spot on like a pillar. Um, and it had, I thought it was like the um the far door, but like the guy's like, no, the door is like way farther down. And it just had like a shadow, like go over it um, back and forth a couple times. And so eventually I'm like, this is stupid. Let's just walk down there and see what the fuck it is. And I deduced that it was basically a reflection from light coming in from one of the windows in the room, bouncing off a wall and hitting the pillar. And every time like the door, he, he was basically saying that some, something big to cover the entire door frame of that one room had to be going in and out of it um, in order to trigger the uh shadow flash but i was like no like this could have just been like a tree or something i don't know whatever it was it was like i was not convinced that it was a shadow figure i I was definitely more convinced the first the first time i saw something go through the door and then just disappear well i i I don't think i remember that part was that when we were in the room you saw something outside yeah that's what caused us to go out of the room Cause I just remember like when we were in the hallway and it looked like, and on a, this is one of those things where I'm, I'm holding on to the scream, but in hindsight, it could have been another situation where our eyes were dilating and we were all. Yeah, exactly. Toward- That's what I'm saying. Like we're, there's literally no light except for the light that comes through these tiny windows in these rooms that aren't even in the main hallway. They're like, they're like, adjacent to the main hallway so the light has to come into those rooms through a tiny window and then come in to the hallway and the and the light is basically just the um the uh like like light pollution from outside which is almost nothing to begin with um so like your your eyes are basically just trying to like see and so they're just dilating in and out in and out so you're gonna see shadow figures if you like light deprive them like that yeah. Um, and the fact that it was patterned makes me less makes me more skeptical skeptical because like why would it be patterned? It should just be like what do you mean I patterned? Like it like, was like, like this it, sort of binary cycl- like okay, cyclical. shadow notch. Yeah, not shadow, like not shadow shadow. Not if it shadow. was, you would see it doing random stuff if it, if it was a person. And um, it did seem like we were pointing it out at different times. Like, oh, did you see that? Yeah, exactly. It was just our own freaking eyes being tricked. Um, I don't know. Um, But then, yeah, then we went to the first floor, which is the worst floor. And then, you know, that's the um, the tour guide was like, I bet you that this couple that the whole tour group had grown to hate had uh, is going to like 
want to see Lily and he, which is like this one patient who died of tuberculosis. And he claimed that it's not even Lily in that room. It's like a guy pretending to be her, like an older male spirit. Um, yeah. You, you hear that a lot in like spiritual lore, like the concept of demonic entities or like more aggressive male spirits, like disguising themselves as children to sort of like let people's guard down, so to speak. Um, yeah, exactly. So it's just another kind of notch in that checklist of, you know, a paranormal location, like up oh, creepy spirit pretending to be a child check, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I mean, um, and then he was like, if they if they are able to deduce that it's not a child, then they're real psychics and stuff like that. Um, Which they did not do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, but then uh, after that, he was like, hey, you guys are cool. Get this other group that's cool. And then he basically convinced like the whoever the supervisor was of all the tour guides to let them have the key to the basement so that we could go into these rooms that we were definitely not allowed to go into. And we like saw a bunch of cool stuff. Like, um, like we saw the room where, um, like the lobotomies happened. Uh, do you remember the name of the doctor? The, the one who invented the lobotomy? Yeah, exactly. Who invented it's the full, full frontal yeah. lobotomy? I don't know if this is the guy. Antonio Igas Moniz. That's definitely not him. <laughs> no, it is apparently him. Okay, he won well, the who... Nobel Prize in medicine for it. Oh, my God. Okay, look up who invented the full frontal lobotomy or who used it uh, at the Weston State Hospital. Okay, that must have been uh, Walter Jackson Freeman. Yeah, that's it, Dr. Was, Freeman. He was the one responsible for introducing it in America. So maybe it had started somewhere else. Gotcha. Um, but for everybody who's not familiar with uh, what our mental health treatment used to look like in this country, um, essentially what a full frontal lobotomy was is you take the equivalent of an ice pick, uh, a sharp metal instrument, and uh, you'd essentially uh, enter the skull by going taking the essentially the ice pick and jamming it into the corners next to your nose to the side of your eye. And then you just keep going until you essentially entered the brain through this small opening in the skull. And then you just like kind of shake the ice pick around um, <laughs> inside yeah, a person's you brain. You want to scramble the f- full fr- the frontal lobe or whatever it's called. And they would say that, I don't know if it would help with like mania. I'm, I mean, shit, you could get locked up for anything. Basically, in it basically turns you into a, a zombie devoid of a personality or, or emotions, but you still have everything else. So you just become like a robot if it's done correctly, I think. I think he said like women would do it voluntarily to be good housewives, like crazy shit like that. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, shit, it happened to uh, JFK's sister. They did it to her. Yeah. Um, because she Rip. was a little too rebellious, I guess, for uh, for Joe Kennedy's liking. But that's the thing is like... <sighs> 
it seemed like I, I just didn't get a really pretty picture of the history of mental health in this country. If, you know, from a purely historical and not paranormal standpoint uh, from this whole tour, like it sounded like, oh, you could essentially divorce a woman and then just drop her off here. Or if somebody was reading too many books. Yeah, very crazy stuff. Crazy handmaid's tale type stuff. Ugh. I mean, um, they there's one guy, I'll probably try and link the book, but there's one guy who wrote basically a memoir about um, his life after the lobotomy, and I think his picture is the one we saw. Um, yeah, it was he, up he was, on like a, a whiteboard or something, or yeah. an easel. Yep, and then so we went into like the um that room and then we went to another room that was even less like finished and it was like just honestly it was a huge health hazard they should not have let us in there like somebody could have like broken glass all over the floor like yeah uh and then what happened oh um and that they were also talking about the whole time if anybody's seen the movie hellraiser (laughs) One of the um, the 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 famous like villain is this guy named Pinhead. Um, he's pretty iconic. He's just like has a gray face and pins all over his head. Um, but he's played by this guy named Doug Bradley, who is basically like this British guy who was friends with the author of the book uh, Hellraiser by Clive Barker, who's a famous uh, horror novelist. Uh, basically on the same level of Stephen King, but uh. But I get he I guess he was friends with him, so he let him he got him into the movie of Hellraiser, um, and uh, he um, wanted to play like a garbage guy because that guy like you could see his face, so he could become an actor. But he ended up playing like the Hellraiser guy and got like all the subsequent roles. Um, but they were like super excited that he was like he had visited Weston State Hospital because he's from from Pittsburgh, um, and um, he had visited with his like really emo girlfriend, I guess. Um, and then he did like a private tour with them. Yeah, and uh, he they were just so like thrilled that. They basically it was were like, like if Anthony Hopkins had visited or, or Johnny something. Depp or something. Yeah. yeah. They were like, they, that's how they thought of this random, no name, like actor who, um, but, uh, they, they yeah, they just gave us all these, like, it was really funny. <laughs> yeah. Just all these anecdotes, like where, you know, this guy would be like going down a hallway and he'd be like, Bloody hell! What the fuck is that? I can't. Do, yeah, I can't do yeah. accents for shit. But um, yeah, but yeah, it was like this big event. So I wonder, <laughs> like, he's like the most famous guy to ever out, be in West, Western of, West like, Virginia. <laughs> outside of any of like the the people on the ghost shows who are only sort of famous in that niche interest, like, yeah, maybe he he could have been one of the more famous people to ever be there. Yeah, you know what we need to do? We need to take like. Um, we, we we should take like a famous politician. We should take Joe Manchin there. No, yes. we should not take. <laughs> he needs to learn more about his beautiful state of West Virginia <laughs> and its its dark history. And maybe he'll Some... come out and uh, you know be. Something tells me they would not think 
Um, like they would not be excited about him visiting as Doug Bradley. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, how could you? But <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, do you have anything else to add? Um, uh, I, I mean, just to sum sum it up, I, I, I oh, I, we were so cold by oh, the yeah. end. We went back to the hotel, and I think like my legs were just like frozen solid the whole night. I don't know how I was so cold. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's ever like. Uh, just been out in the the cold for a while like whether you're just skiing or whatever and then you go back inside and it is like i felt i think i felt fine on my upper body but like i was just wearing jeans and like not long johns or anything and my legs were i i was basically in the fetal position all night like i i stretched out my hooded sweatshirt as far as i could and like curled up <laughs> in, in the fetal position like in inside it um yeah, and then we had drove back. So I mean, it was a fun time. Uh, I wasn't expecting to capture any proof that was going to finally convince all the naysayers out there that ghosts are real. I think it's going to continue to remain sort of in this. Uh, it's sort of going to remain this fringe thing left to the Reddit psychics and uh, the people like the couple we encountered out there, but. Um, yeah, if anybody, you know what? If anybody out there uh, who's a Chungus Cast listener has any paranormal stories, um, send them to GIF. Yes, um, and definitely let us know if you've ever toured a haunted place and what your experience was like. That's all I have. All right, bye. everybody thank you all so much for listening um i hope you enjoyed the episode please hit me up on any of the social medias uh the chungus cast on anything except for instagram it's at the gif underscore um yeah that's all i really have uh hopefully i'll do another episode regarding the same topic with the dark rum guys um and we can talk about basically you know they can ask me any questions they have um But yeah, until then, uh, I'll catch you guys soon. Bye-bye.